The theme of our encounter for Thanksgiving is trusting in you, I rush into battle. From Psalm 18, verse 28 or 29, according to the translation you have. So it might be Psalm 18 or 17. Sooner or later you can find in the Bible. It's there. It's a beautiful song of when the Lord freed David from his enemies and from the hand of Saul who was persecuting him. I just want to leave with you three ideas to help you penetrate into the mystery of the prayer of David and of the reality of spiritual combat that the Lord asks of us. Sometimes it's it can be kind of scary because you think spiritual combat, you think like, you know, like angels and demons and like holy water and possessed people and blessed crucifixes. It's like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's, it's a little too intense. But usually what the Lord asks of us is something more simple. So in the, the battle to live our faith that the Lord asks of us, We have to understand these three points. First of all, you're in a battle. You gotta fight. That's the first point. Like if you wanna make like a little summary, that's the first point. You gotta fight. The second point would be we gotta fight trusting in the Lord. It's a battle of faith. And thirdly, you're going to get roughed up. You're going to get hurt in battle. It's very likely. Even the best warriors get injured at some point. So those are the points that we're going to reflect upon in today's meditation. And hopefully these ideas can help kind of sustain our prayer throughout Advent as well. The Lord is coming reign. Those who fight with him will reign with him. In the recent first readings of the Mass from the book of Revelation, we've been going through a lot of apocalyptic imagery, the raging war between God and his angels and of his pure and holy will, and the enemies of God the dragon, the beast that rises out of the sea, the, the harlot, Babylon, and the enemies of God. And we're, the reality is spiritual combat. And it's kind of frightening as well. And the angels with the trumpets and the plagues and the seals and the lamb with the eyes and the horns and all that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, you start to get like this image, like this fantasy sci-fi novel it's like wow this is really crazy stuff and very serious chastisements and very serious language of combat and victory and of defeat and of the, the triumphant and the lake of eternal fire and you, it helps it helps us to kind of enter into the reality you know? sin and death are real very real the enemies of God are very real. And 
my choice to be faithful to God as well. A very serious decision. Sin is a serious reality. We have to fight against moral sin, of course. But even venial sins are a serious and painful reality for the heart of God. All sin is offense to God. All sin must be eradicated, totally. We can't get into the kingdom with any sin whatsoever. It all needs to be pure. Because any sin within us, even if it seems the smallest that it may seem, belongs to the devil and his angels. It's the other kingdom. There are only two kingdoms. Those of you who have done spiritual exercises, especially with the home of the mother, you may have heard the meditation of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He has two particularly interesting meditations that are my, like my favorite meditations. Sometimes we, we pray this like every year almost. And every year I get something out of it. One of them is called The Call of the Temporal King helps us to contemplate the call or the vocation of the eternal king. That's one of the meditations. And the other one's called uh, Dos Banderas, which means the two flags, the two banners of battle. The one of Christ, our good, our captain, and the other of Lucifer, the leader of the evil forces. And how Lucifer calls all men to be gathered under his banner, and Christ our king calls all men to be gathered under his. So there's only two choices. Christ or the devil and his kingdom. When St. Ignatius invites us to contemplate the call of the temporal king, we have to use our imaginations. That's the one I kind of wanted to talk about more. He says there's, there was once a king who decided that he's going to go into the foreign countries to conquer his enemies and bring peace to his subjects into the whole world. Think about that's ambitious, but necessary. Because as long as evil exists, the life and peace of my kingdom is not secure. So he decides to go into battle and he invites all those who are present in his, in his kingdom to join him in the battle. So the idea is you have to think about, like, all right, what would he say? You know, what would it be like? You know, he enters into a town and he calls everybody into the, into the town square and he gives, like, this speech, you know, I'm going to defeat our enemies and I need all the most courageous and valiant men to step up and come with me. And the idea is, like, you're thinking about it, you think about, well, anyone who's, like, serious about his faithfulness to his king, he's going to offer himself to fight. He says, I will go with you. I will follow you to the end. Because the, the kingdom that you pretend to, or sorry, pretend that's a Spanish translation, that you are seeking or you're desiring to conquer for us is the greatest of goods for us. And it's worth giving my life 
to achieve that kingdom. I will follow you. So like all the true subjects of the king will be generous and willing to fight. Whereas those who are cowardly, not just by the king, but by everyone, will be despised. Like you, what are you you're not going to fight? What are you doing? Are you that? You know, in Spanish it's sinvergüenza, right? Like, what are you, are you, it's, you're horrible. You're a coward. How are you going to abandon your king who's fighting for you? Well, this is the idea of the, of the meditation. Yeah. To enter into the mindset that we have, it's not just a temporal king who's going to go out and fight against the, the vandals or the barbarians. But it's our eternal king who needs to conquer Lucifer and all of his forces and bring peace to all the world. That's the meditation. And like I said, if there's just one demon floating around in God's kingdom, bad. If you, with your, at least with your venial sins that are freely consented to, you are still participating in Lucifer's reign. You have not let Christ the King reign completely in your heart. We have to make, take advantage of these moments of prayer to, to be before the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ the King, we contemplated the last Sunday. Say, Lord, I will follow you. I will fight for you. Not just against moral sins, against all of my sins, my venial sins, my voluntary imperfections. I will seek to follow you in the virtues, the beatitudes, the commandments that you have given me, I will be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Because that's why, that's why you have called me. To inherit the kingdom. To reign with you. That's the first point. So you, you know, put a period there in your notebook, and then you put a two in the second point. This is important. You have to take notes. The second point is that the battle is a battle of faith. Trusting in you, I rush into battle. And at this point of the meditation, this is, this, is the medit- this is the points of meditation, but later we're going to go before the Blessed Sacrament and we're going to pray. And we're going to speak to the Lord about these things and we're going to meditate at the light of His presence and with the help of the Holy Spirit about how this applies to my life. And the second one would be, second point would be convenient even to, to read the psalm. If you haven't, if you haven't read the Bible, which, you know, peace, I didn't read the Bible until I was in the seminary, but it's awesome, it's really worth reading, just so you know. The, the story of David is extraordinary, you can't stop reading it. David is an incredible, he's one of, I think he's one of the souls that has most pleased God, at least in, in the entire Old Testament, and he messed up big time, a lot. But even still, God was faithful to him because his heart was so pleasing. And I think it comes from his simplicity of heart. You know, his humility of heart. He, he took care of, he was a shepherd. All of his brothers were probably like these huge stacked dudes. You know, like, you know, I'm going into combat. Because that's what Samuel thought. This guy has to be the next king. Just look at this guy. It's like seven foot. In Spanish, they say, it's como un armario. Right? It's, it's like a wardrobe. It's stacked. 
And David, maybe he wasn't like that. He was the youngest, so he was like, yeah, you go. Yeah, we got important stuff to take care of. You know, you go watch out for this sheep. So he must have spent hours and hours and days and weeks and months out there with nobody but the sheep and God. And how he would have spent the time reflecting upon God's creation, God's presence. I think he would have practiced like the whole like sling thing too. Because like it's, he would have hit, I mean, it's not just luck, you know, that he hits Goliath in the forehead in the first shot. So he's probably doing that, you know, like kids who have like a BB gun or like a slingshot, you know, they're, they're out not doing anything, shooting at lizards. And in singing, because he's the, the psalmist of, of the Old Testament. And how like that, that contemplation of God's presence constantly and the joyful song that was lifted up to the Lord in his meditation watching after the sheep was very pleasing to the Lord he chose him to be the shepherd of his flock well if you read his life you see how much he truly suffered for his faithfulness to God for the fact that God chose him above Saul but how he chose not to choose himself over Saul and he was always faithful to God's king and how the king himself persecuted David. He tried many times to kill David from envy, from anger, from hatred, from fear that he would steal his kingdom. That's already a big problem. When Saul thinks that it's his kingdom and not God's kingdom. So David had a very painful and tribulated life, constantly fleeing, constantly fighting to not fight with God's chosen one, the king. And in the midst of all of that comes this song, which is a song of deliverance. The cords of shale encompassed me, the abyss consumed me, and I cried out, and the, the mountains began to, to smoke, and, and the, the valleys were opened up. And the Lord stretched out his hand and caught me and freed me from all of my enemies. And in the midst of all of that, he starts to praise the Lord. Saying, How great and good you are, O Lord. With the faithful, you are faithful. With the trusting, you show yourself the victor of all of our battles. And he constantly makes reference to how what was pleasing to him is my lifestyle. Not just because, just because I cried out, but because I sought to be faithful to you and you were faithful to me. And that's the essence of the spiritual combat. Now some people, just, they might be converted, they realize that God is calling them to fight, to be faithful to the gospel, but they decide themselves what they got to do. All right, well, I'm going to make my own spiritual combat recipe. I'm going to pray these prayers twice a day. I'm going to drink. I'm only going to drink exercised holy water. That's part of my spiritual combat. And, you know, I'll go to Mass twice a day, three times on Sunday. And that's it. You know, I got it, I got it down. And, well, it's obviously those are means that God has placed in our hands. But... That's not the only thing that God asks of us. Above all, He wants us to have faith in Him. Because works without faith 
are also empty. Not just faith without works. It's kind of like an exterior. In the end, it's just kind of a pride. You know, I know how to wage spiritual combat. And you can't trust in yourself. You have to trust in the Lord. The Lord will be faithful if you are faithful to Him. And you have to fulfill His will in your life. That's the, that's the combat. I'd like to be able to just dedicate my life to, to prayer and fasting like some of the great saints. But I work at the exporting goods. I've got, I don't know, five children. And I just, I can't, I can't find the time. So what do I got to do? Well, I just go in the back of the exporting goods in the, the warehouse. And that's where I can kneel down and pray and fast. And hopefully nobody sees me. You know? And every once in a while I go out and stock the shelves. Obviously that's not, that's not the way you have to do it. You have to be, you have to enter into God's will. Which means wherever you are, whatever your profession is, above all, whatever your vocation is, a married person, a single person, widow, you know, everybody's got like their state of life. According to that, I have to live my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with my brothers and sisters, with this world. And to bring to life the gospel wherever I live. The, the key is, like in the phrase of St. Francis de Sales, I have to learn to flourish where I am planted. I can't be desiring to be going to the Holy Land or to Siberia or to Africa. And that's where, if, if only I was able to go there, if only I was able to be a missionary, or if I was only with these people, or if I was only with this person or this place. Or, then I would be holy. Then it would be easy to be faithful to God. And that's just an illusion. It's a, it's a trap that the devil places. So you're, you're not focused on God's will for you here and now. So be faithful to what the Lord asks of you. And when you read through the psalm, you'll, you'll see how the Lord is very attentive to all of your afflictions, to all of your battles, to all of your joys. He knows what you want. He knows what you need, and He is a good Father. That's the important. So above all, it's not so much the things that we do, but our humility. It's not myself who... It's not I who sanctify myself. It is not I who become holy by my own strength. It is the Lord who sanctifies me and makes me holy. So I have to be humble to know that I do nothing. He does everything. And I only want to be faithful to Him. And it also means that I have to be obedient. I have to be submissive. My heart, which is basically the same thing as humility in the end, I cannot have an arrogant, prideful, independent heart. I must submit myself to God's will. And I must submit myself to the authorities that have been placed above me. I have to seek to be a servant and a slave like Jesus Christ if I want to reign with Him. Well, that's the second point. Keep the psalm close in that moment of prayer for the words of David to enlighten your heart. And the third point is to be careful. Be not afraid. In the battle. You might get rough. 
It's, it's most likely. No one here is a second immaculate conception. Everybody has the wounds of concupiscence from, our, from original sin. And you're not perfect. And you will never be perfect. And as long as you live, that confessional door will be open. And you're going to need it. And that's okay. God isn't looking for children that have no defect whatsoever. Jesus is the, his child that has no defect. And he wants us to be like Jesus. Not like you. And if you look at the lives and the example of the saints, it's precisely because they were filled with miseries and defects that God can do a great work in them. Because they knew that they could never trust in themselves. So don't worry about it. You're going you're gonna... to... I played basketball the other day. Some, actually, some of those who played are here among us today. And I tell you something, I had a great time. It's been, I play basketball like once every five years. So I was just like, alright, this is great. And like, next five years from now, I'll be in the same spot. And you know something? I missed like 10 or 12 layups. It's the easiest shot. You know, like if you're on a high school basketball team, you miss like two layups, they kick you off the team. Right? But I was missing them left and right. And you know what? It's kind of embarrassing, but I still had a great time. You know, I still kept playing. You know, everyone's like, all right, Father Matt, all right, you got it, man. You got the next one. Don't worry about it. You know, like, oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. Think of this. Like, I missed another layup. You know, that's the easiest shot. And, but I had a great time. And it's a symbol of, like, the spiritual combat. Because there's some days when you're just on top of your game, you know? And they just, you're just draining one. You know, it's like... Do you hear that? Nothing but net. <laughs> but other days, you just... You miss every layup. So, spiritual combat is similar. You're going to mess up. And you know what? You might mess up over and over and over again. But you can never let that be definitive. You can never throw in the towel. No, don't throw the towel. You can't, you can't give up. You can't let your... Your, your heart be discouraged because you have defects or you have failures. One of the biggest parts of spiritual combat is to, to overcome your own weakness. Not by being stronger, but by being weaker. St. Therese of the Tao, Jesus, wrote to her sister when her sister wrote like a question. She said, what? You know, sister, what's your secret? You know, I, I feel like I have so much to, uh, to attain. Like, as far as like virtues and prayer and all of this goes, because I, I see you and you're just like next level. Like, what do I have to what do I have to do? What do I have to get to be like you? And Saint Therese responded with a typical Saint Therese, like, "Oh no, sister! It's not that you have something to gain. You have so much to lose. Because you need to you need to go down deeper into the." the dark valley of your nothing, your misery, so that God's light can reach down and pick you up. That was the secret of St. Therese. She knew she didn't do anything. She was a mess. So be not afraid. Be not afraid to enter into battle. Be not afraid to fail. 
and be joyful. You have to be like a buoy. Any time that you seem like you're getting sucked down, your, your natural inclination has to be just like, bloop, pop up to the surface. You know? That has to be our spirit. Always upwards. Always towards joy, freedom, peace of spirit. Never discouraged. If you can master that part of spiritual combat, all the other stuff is irrelevant. Because God will conquer but be joyful, be buoyant. I think that G.K. Chesterton said that joy is the serious business of heaven. We have to take it seriously. It is the characteristic of our Christian life, joy. It's the serious business of heaven, of God's kingdom. Joy, being joyful. And it's the example of, of the saints that we've seen with our, our own eyes, or at least people that have gone on, that we've experienced in our life one of whom is here among us, Mother Angelica. Her spirit was never beaten. She constantly had a, a joke, a funny phrase, you know, in her, in her mouth. She knew that it was all the Lord's work. And then we, like, have our typical example, like Father Henry, Sister Claire. They're our champions in battle. You know, they've gone before us, they've taught us how to fight. So with these points of meditation about the reality, the need to fight, to follow Christ our King, to offer ourselves to be His soldiers, to take the spiritual battle seriously, to know that sin is a serious reality that needs to be destroyed in ourselves and in God's kingdom, uh, to learn to fight trusting in the Lord and not in my own strength, to be humble, to be submissive, to be obedient to the Lord's will and to the will of others in the measure that I can be and finally to be buoyant and joyful and persevering in the battle despite my failures and my weaknesses but these are the points of meditation that we're going to bring today in prayer to God our Lord so that he might do his work in us at any point you find yourself distracted, like I said before we began the meditation, just remind yourself there's one thing necessary, Lord. You alone, you are the one thing necessary. And I want to be your servant. I want to be your soldier. I want to reign with you. And you fight. You fight in prayer to be present to Him, to be conscious of His presence, to be faithful to His will, to joy. This is a spiritual combat that the Lord asks of us to We can say a small prayer to Our Lady that she might help us. And then we're going to go up to the shrine where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed. Please do your best to remain in silence because the four players are praying behind the altarpiece where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed. And Father Joe and myself will be in the confessionals in the back of the church, near the doors. If anyone would like to go to confession, if they're already ready, if you're not, don't worry about it. We'll have other moments. I think it would be more important to pray, to, to go over these points of meditation. That's why I say if you're already prepared, take advantage, you can make a quick confession. But if not, you can prepare a confession, reflect upon your spiritual combat, and take advantage of the time of the Blessed Sacrament. This is the most important time. 
confession will be available in other moments, but we might not have as much time to do adoration as we have now. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, our Queen and our Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.